0: So much for joining She Leads today. I am just so excited to get to hear your story and just learn more from you. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Lisa, you are the founder, president, and editor in chief at PopSugar. So first of all, I don't even know if I need to explain what PopSugar is, just because it's such a well-known brand, and all of my friends I know are very involved in reading what's what's happening on PopSugar. But it is one of the most successful media companies. Um, that reaches hundreds of millions of readers each month, mainly for females, but it is it does deliver such inspiring, informative entertaining content in so many different industries whether that's food, fitness, beauty, entertainment, whatever it may be. So really excited to hear more about that story and you're also the author of your own book power You're Happy so work hard, play nice and build your dream life and yeah, I'm just so excited to get started so, First, Lisa, tell me, take me back to when you were my age, 22 years old. You were just graduating from GW in psychology and English. So at this moment, how were you navigating your career? What did you see yourself being and what questions were you asking yourself? Um, That is a great question. I
1: really did not know what I wanted to do when I went to school. Yeah. I think I took things from my past that had affected me in my life over the years and thought there were things I wanted to do, but ultimately I did not know yet. Okay. Um, so I actually was um, you know, tested for learning differences at a young age. So I decided psychology would have been a really cool path to go on. I was always interested in how people think about certain things. I loved giving advice. Mm-hmm. I liked the whole process of the test that I had to take to see how my brain worked. So I kind of went down that route thinking maybe that's how I wanted to To continue on but you know at the same time. I really was also just a pop culture junkie. I loved entertainment I loved movies. I read books like crazy Mm -hmm. and I at the time Didn't think that I actually could even have a profession in and I could grow up and do those things My dad is a lawyer, you know I grew up in DC where it's doctors lawyers politicians and those were kind of the tracks that I grew up thinking that I had to follow So when I went to GW, um, I did continue with psychology. I definitely thought I was going to go back to grad school. That was what I thought I was supposed to do, was keep getting continued further education. Um, And along the way, I met my wonderful husband in college, and he is totally an entrepreneur. He dropped out. He has started companies left and right. And I, I think being around that kind of energy helps you realize that you follow your dreams in a different way. Yeah. Um, so when Brian was in New York, I would go up in the summer and I was fortunate enough to be able to get an internship at a live morning show for uh, a network called FX and it was called Fox After Breakfast. And that whole summer was just totally eye-opening to me and watching a live show come to life uh, from every facet. And they were really awesome with the interns. They really let us you know, sit and see the live reads every day, To all, I was on the PR end, Mm. and I will tell you, I came out of that job and I realized I do not want to go into PR. Mm. It's really hard to ask people to cover things for free. So, when I then graduated a year later, I knew I wanted to get back into entertainment at that point. I knew I was going to move to New York, Mm. but I didn't know how or what that meant. So, I was interviewing at talent agencies and I was interviewing at ad agencies, and ultimately, I went into the ad agency world. Um, I felt very comfortable there. I was hired by a team of four women who were very comforting and very uh, welcoming. And that just seemed like really great energy and a great place for me to start. And I knew wherever I was going to start, I was going to have to just keep trying things anyways. And you know, I knew that that, you know, I just had to learn. So, um, and I basically just had to get a job. Like, uh, you know, mom and dad weren't paying bills anymore. I was fortunate enough to have an amazing education and it was, it was time. It was on my own. So, um, I went into, uh, advertising and I really enjoyed it. But within a couple of years, I knew this is not a long-term career path for me. Mm. It isn't enough in the pop culture world. I'm not creating things. I didn't feel like it was creative enough. Or sometimes you'd be on a client that was like boring and just didn't talk to me at all. Mm. Um, So ultimately, uh, while I was at my job in advertising, and we had actually moved from New York to San Francisco. And I was in this really creative uh, agency and shop that that I loved working at. Um, I started writing Pop Sugar. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time when I knew I wanted to create content, but I didn't necessarily know how to start. And all the magazines and opportunities in San Francisco were very local or very tech driven. Yeah, and yes. I was I'm not a techie person, you know. I think it's like great to be in this Mecca of, of Silicon Valley, but it's not, um, I'm, I'm not a you know, tech background type of yeah. a person. My husband is an engineer, he's combination of amazing things. Um, So I'm around it enough to understand it, but it's not what drives me. So ultimately um, I had a friend who gave me like a nice nudge and basically was like, you just have to start writing. And that was it. And that was true. Like I really just needed to get up every day and start writing whatever was in my brain. And at that point um, I thought it was kind of, Silly that I knew all this, what I thought was useless information, but, you know, things about shows I wanted to recommend or exciting new products that I found before anyone else. Um, and then ultimately I was able to really find things before other people and share it. And mm-hmm. so pop, pop, sugar grew really quickly that first year.
0: Wow. So that's, that's amazing. Such a cool story. So at that moment when you were kind of graduating, going into advertising, you still have this really great passion for pop culture were your parents kind of telling you, no, like you need to take this conventional path or were they just, or did they believe in you? And did they kind of trust you that you were going to make a living out of it? You know, like, did you have people? Yeah.
1: They were very encouraging. My dad always said, you know, figure out what it is that you love and, and make that your every day. And, right. you know, again, and I worked in advertising for a while. I was there for seven, eight years. So it wasn't just a year here or there. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, a, you know, a year, a year in New York, a year. I actually went over to Showtime networks, which was still in advertising, but it was on the client side. So I got to see both ends and it was more entertainment related. So I felt closer to where I knew I wanted to ultimately be. Yeah. But when I moved out to San Francisco, um, you know, that's when after a few years I was like, this is not, it's also not a great environment really to have a family and raise kids. And that was always something I knew I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as I started to get to my late twenties, it was like, okay, let's, let's figure out and reassess life. Yeah. Uh, And actually uh, going back to um, figuring things out along the way, I tore my ACL when I was playing soccer in high school Mm -hmm. and I had never um, gotten the real recovery, um, to repair it. I had to get just orthoscopic at the time when I was 15. So when I was 27, I was like, I, I'm fully torn now. I need to get this done. So I was in advertising. I took the break to redo my knee and it was kind of coming back from that. When I went back into advertising and I was like, no, 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 this is not what I want. I'm really going to like reassess. And I think those life moments also do matter too. So, um, so that's actually when I started pop sugar. So it was late twenties. Awesome. And then, wow. so everyone yeah. was really supportive along the way at that point too, because I had been working really hard at great jobs that I didn't love. Yeah, but exactly. you know, for a
0: long enough time to to be able to say it's time for a change. Yeah. So when you were starting Pop Sugar, you mentioned how you were in SF, and it's not really this this culture vibe where it's about media; it's more so tech and all of that. Did you consider relocating or starting in New York or LA, these like more famous, famously known for entertainment? Sure. Yeah. No. A
1: lot of people questioned how we could start Pop Sugar in San Francisco, and I think that's the beauty of San Francisco is it is a city that you can just create, and it doesn't necessarily matter where you are. I think now more than ever, it also shows you can be anywhere and work from anywhere. Um, We definitely, our entire company is working from home right now, and to be able to pivot to this work from home, it was so. I don't want to say it was so easy, but it's pretty easy. Our our team can work from anywhere, most of us. So while, yes, the media world is really based in New York and the entertainment world is really based in L.A., by all means, you can report and write about a lot of it from here. Yeah. Once it came point to like really getting early access or actually having access to talent... We needed to make sure we were in those cities also but that yeah. was what was so great because at that point we had actually expanded and had offices in all these cities so when it was me alone in the beginning just really building up the audience that was more about the voice yeah. and getting people to resonate with me talking to them as if they're my girlfriend i'm just telling them about something i'm really excited about that i want them to know
0: yeah definitely so take me through that first year because i it seems like everything just skyrocketed things were going so quickly I know your husband helped a lot in this early stage and even even today and throughout it but walk me through this process you mentally like how are you dealing with this new project that you've just started and it's really getting traction
1: so I started it in March of 05 and at the time I was still working in advertising so I would write a story before I went to work. I would write something during my lunch break. I would write something like in the afternoon in between jobs. And then when I got back home, I would just like sit and write. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and every day varied a little bit, like how much I was actually posting uh, in the beginning. Um, and then about six months in, uh, I decided, okay, this is this is gaining traction. Um, my husband built the site. So Brian built it and taught me, you know, basic code, how to upload images, how to create a poll, how to... and, and I would say, oh, I want to do this feature now. Can you build that for me? And so he would help build, you know, whatever it was we wanted to create. Um, and and in November, um, I was pregnant with my first daughter. Yeah. And uh, at that point, the site was taking off so much that I decided to leave my job in advertising uh, and go all in. And it was the type of thing where I just, I was so passionate about what I was doing and I was so happy and it was such a great outlet for me. And to be able to get that instant reinforcement back from the audience and the community um just fueled me to keep going
0: yeah incredible so I know pop sugar is I think its readers its audience is mainly females so I'm just wondering in this early stages when you're getting funding and just pitching pop sugar did people have hesitations that it is so female focused or was that never really an issue and you were just like no it has to be
1: No, I think that people saw that it was growing so quickly Mm -hmm. and there was a space in the market for digital media and a place, you know, where women could go to every day across all categories was something that people, they believed in that story, which was great. And they, I think they saw the passion that Brian and I had in wanting to recreate this place and space for content online. I mean, it was, it was early enough where You know, it was before really social media where people could do it individually, you know, and and that was actually a big part of it, too. A lot of people are like, why the name Pop Sugar? Why not, you know, Lisa Sugar or something? You know, there were a lot of other sites at the time that were around just one person. And Mm I always had the vision that this was not going to be just about me. And I wanted it to go well beyond me and my stories and my point of view and be able to include lots of people and lots of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that was really important to us very early on. And so I think that it was um, easy for people to to see our dream yes then getting them to to believe in the vision to come yeah. to life uh, was awesome that we had that support from investors
0: yeah so okay so just based off of that answer i am wondering you mentioned how you had this vision for pop sugar early on is this yeah. something that you're very transparent about with new employees that come into pop sugar or is it something that you're like really only you and brian are like this is what i see for pop sugar
1: yeah no we I, we have awesome training when people come on board I meet with everybody and I tell them the origin Mm -hmm. story and I take them through sort of our like 10-year journey and the original vision and how we've changed over the years as we've added in elements like video and a subscription box and licensing and all the you know events that we do now so we we talk about the iteration of the brand and how it how it has changed and adapt and I mean if we haven't Made those changes we wouldn't be around anymore if we were just a simple straight up media company, like we wouldn't have weathered the multiple recessions and storms and and exactly. uh, worlds that we've been living in for the past almost basically fifteen years yeah so, so it's been great to be able to to do new things too
0: yeah, so as pop sugar has grown so much through these years it's obviously you've included different categories that you're that you're um, writing about, and I know you're the editor in chief but your passion for writing, obviously, you've had to kind of sit back a bit with how much you're writing for Pop yeah. Sugar. So, how has that been? Where you've almost had to be this leadership role, overseeing everyone, rather than like actually being the one writing. Yeah, I get asked a lot. Like,
1: what was one of the biggest challenges for me when I was growing the company? And it was, I mean, essentially giving up writing. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't write anymore. I love talking to the teams. I love brainstorming with the teams. But like on a day to day basis. There was just no time for me to do that. Mm. Um, so I definitely miss it. And it goes in waves. Like there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I wish I could just sit down and write. Mm. And I'm really fortunate to be able to do the book in 2016 because at that point we were 10 years old and I really missed writing, like really, really missed it. Um, but when we hit that, I would say probably five year mark, the company was getting so big and there were a lot of people and there were parts that I needed to go help out more on to continue to build it. And I had, I had such a strong creative team. It was silly for me to still be so in it. Yeah. Uh, I still truly believe that I could and should and wish I had more time to write. Cause it's just, I like, I like everybody on the team doing everything. I'm one of those types of leaders. So I would even want all of our directors and, you know, senior editors who are editing a lot of people's work to still write. A lot of these folks that we've had on staff for a long time, we hired them because they were great writers. And so when you don't get their voice anymore on the site, it's kind of sad. At the same time, it it gets tiring. I mean, it's a lot of stories every day. There's definitely a burnout to it. So I feel very fortunate that I've been able to take breaks and learn new things as we've done different things as a company. And I love that we've been able to have our employees who have grown up with us also do those changes, yeah. uh, but I miss it. And it was really great to go back and do the book in 2016 because I really got to like dive into a really meaty writing project. Uh, and that was really gratifying to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, oh, it's so cool. And I, I have so many questions I can take from this, but you mentioned how there's a big burnout aspect to media companies and writing. And it's true, It's all, you like really can't take a break, a mental break, physical break, anything, because you just ha- that's the part of it. So how do you ensure that your employees are staying motivated? Do want to continue writing every single day and searching for the next big story? How do you? What do you do to do yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a
1: couple of things. One is is finding that talent who is you can tell when you interview them; they just have it in them. It just pours out of them. Um, so finding the talent that's just very eager to do it, and then and then finding signs along the way of when they're starting to get tired or uh, need a break, and it's encouraging pto it's encouraging people to know they need to take those breaks um it's encouraging you know incentive programs so really rewarding people doing bonuses whenever you can to um show people what a wonderful job they've done and let them know like why that story was so special in particular from the hundreds of other ones they've written you know you don't want to like always make one seem so much better than the other but there's one that's really special you know a lot of work went into it um, and it pays off really being able to like reinforce how wonderful that was so that they feel really great about their work. Um, there's lots of ways that we try to, to, and then even just mixing the teams up. Mm-hmm. We have a yeah. lot of people also over time who have switched categories. So we have fashion writers who become moms and want to write about parenting. We have people who were on the food team that want to write about fashion. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, if you're with a company for five, 10 years, which we have a handful of employees who've been with us that long, more than a handful, we have a lot, um, you know, you're watching them grow up and your interests change. Yeah. So being able to have people to be able to move around within the company is also really important. I think a way for people to be able to stay really stimulated with what they're writing about.
0: Yeah. I think, I also think that's such an incredible value you've instilled in pop sugar to for the employees to know that, okay, when I become a mom, I'm going to have these new insights. I'm going to want to contribute to this community and you allow them to have that freedom, that creative freedom. So I think that's, I think that's great. So I can't skip over the fact that you said you had it. You had your first daughter in the early stages of, pop sugar. And I read that you took her to into work for the first three years of her life. So I want you to talk a little bit about, I know you, you like the term work-life blend rather than work-life balance. So tell me a little bit about that, that idea. Yeah. I think for Brian and
1: I, we were so lucky to be able to be building the company at the same time we were starting our family. So, you know, in a lot of days we didn't know what we were doing or we didn't know what rules we were supposed to be following. We just made shit up as we went along. Mm -hmm. And you know, that meant in the beginning, taking our daughter to work with us. And then it also meant making sure that people knew how important our family was to us. Um, you know, I used to say I was really worried about, you know, a 22 year old who just graduated college being around a three month old baby or a six, month like, they probably don't want that, right? But it was such a great environment and people loved taking those breaks. So again, we're in the grind of writing all these stories and all of a sudden, like Katie would wake up from her nap and she would come out and play and like we would take a break. And I think that that is just one of those brain breaks that was great for the team too. Um, and it was very family oriented. So everybody, you know, again, we've had these, a lot of employees for five, 10 years. So we've watched them get married. We watched them buy their first homes, have babies, come back from leave. Um, so being able to encourage also that, you know, your needs change. And, uh, and even like, you know, my beliefs on maternity leave from when I started the company to what I believe now. Right. Like I highly encourage people to take those breaks where I kind of didn't in the beginning because we were starting the company Mm -hmm. and I didn't know if I would need or want that time, but Mm -hmm. um, it was really exciting. And it was definitely once we got a little, too big it's really hard you know obviously people can't bring their babies into the office it would be a whole other like insurance liability with daycare um but it is something that i i felt very grateful that we could do and i think it actually helped shape katie and, and Juliet. came in the beginning to do into you know who they are into being able to speak to adults really well because they've been around them their whole lives and yeah, uh, yeah it's just
0: it was a really fun perk and i think it did help shape the company and the culture that we created yeah i love it it's amazing so what advice do you, would you give other female entrepreneurs who just like, A, having this passion and really getting that drive to get started, like taking that first step, as well as also the idea of, okay, we have to plan our lives where we want to have a kid, we want to start a family, but we also want to start this project that could take many hours of our day. So how do you navigate? Yeah. What advice would you give?
1: I mean, I would say the first advice is what you did, right? Just reach out to people. Like, you never know. If you don't reach out, you never know if you're going to hear something back. And mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, I get reached out to a lot, and I don't always get to reply. So sometimes it's also just the right time. So I would say, like, you know, if you don't hear anything initially, like, don't be overly persistent, but it doesn't hurt to try again. Right? You know, sometimes it's just the inbox was too big that day, or sometimes it was like, oh, I, you know, you... <laughs> Got me, right? Yeah. Um, so you got to just start. You got to start reaching out and doing what it is. That's whatever it is. So I even say, um, you know, for if you wanted to be in the food world or a nutritionist or a fitness expert, it's like really just, I mean, especially nowadays, like just start putting your routines online. Like you never know who's going to find them and want to help, you know, bring you to their platform. So I think that that's something that's really unique that didn't exist even 10 years ago, really. Like, yeah. I'm, but like starting those YouTube channels and really that, you know, so reaching out to people asking for advice um, is always something I will say, I I don't love when people are like, can we go have coffee? Like to me, that's not something that I can factor into my day, but something like this, having a conversation, um, knowing that you want to help other people, you're trying to learn yourself, but you also are are thinking beyond you is something that I think that um, resonates with female founders wanting to help other people.
0: I agree. I think, I think it's definitely this mindset where you can almost train your mind where just reach out. Worst case, they don't reply. You get a no. Like, it's not the end of the world, you know? And it's it's been so amazing reaching out to these incredible females like yourself. And yeah, the fact that I got a reply and I'm talking to you, like, it's great. So I I agree. I think it's definitely important. So so tell me about your book. And I know I'm excited to read it, but tell me a little bit, like, main lessons that you that you have for anyone reading it and just your desire to put it all in paper.
1: So we did the book in 2016, which was the 10 year anniversary of pop sugar. So at that point I felt like I was seasoned enough to really give advice on, on how to start a company, how to have work life balance or blends. Um, And also knowing when to just throw it all out and be like, it doesn't have to be so balanced. It doesn't have to be so planned. Um, I mean, kind of combining it with your last question. It's like, if you try to overly plan what age you're gonna have a kid, like when you're gonna launch the company when it's it's never gonna work. I mean things like the world we're living in today, no one would have ever even predicted, so you gotta just do things because you don't know what tomorrow may bring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think that's really important, so yeah,
0: yeah. And then you have your motto that you've instilled into. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the motto. um, Yeah. So
1: for me, when it was writing the book, it was like thinking back of 10 years, looking at the people that have grown up with us, how we've shaped it. And I always just grew up where it was like, I worked really hard. And I, and I sometimes feel like I probably worked twice as hard. Like I had learning differences. Things were, I was not a straight A student without trying. I worked really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think, again, a lot of it comes back to sports. I talk a lot about like finding your ultimate team and it's not necessarily in that um, competitive nature, but in that, who do you want to surround yourself with? What qualities you want? Who can you pass the ball with? Cause you know, you, the two of you together can score. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to find your ultimate team folks. Like I'm somebody that like, sure. I understand the finances of our business, but that's not where I want to like geek out and go deep. But I have people on the team that love that and they live and breathe that. So finding that person who's smarter than me in that world is going to help me make sure we don't go out of business. And that's a really important person we need. Right. Right. So there's, there's that balance of like in the book advice like that, figuring out, you know, how to get started, um, how to find your teammates. And then ultimately I say this work hard, play nice. And it's really, I believe in that good sportsmanship when you're playing and, Along the way with Pop Sugar, there were a lot of companies that were doing nasty things. They would claim false things. They would just do bad stuff. And I always felt like karma would get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always felt like it was really important to collaborate with competitors versus just try to beat the competitor, you know? And I think that that's actually another reason and way that Pop Sugar has been able to be so successful all these years.
0: Yeah. I think there are so many, so many lessons in that. And just even the, the team aspect. And, and it goes very much with, hiring people. I've talked to other guests and they say definitely like hire people who you want to learn from and who are smarter than you in that because you don't have to be the smartest in everything. So I think that's definitely a valuable lesson. So before we, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you two fun questions. So first, what's a passion or hobby that you have that's just completely unrelated to your work?
1: No, it's so good. I feel like um, it's so hard for me to just like have hobbies these days. I've, I've heard I'm, like, really know. just trying to find the sun so that I can stay home <laughs> yeah. and happy. Um, I do love reading, and I really, really miss it. Um, I would say these days, probably more cooking. Mm. Brian's, like, an awesome chef, and so we've been, like, making pizza and things that, like, we've never done before. So cool. um, but, yeah, I'm bad on, like, having separate hobbies. I think when you start to have kids, you realize – you kind of take on like, I'm definitely the number one soccer mom on the sideline. I can tell you that love as the hobby. <laughs> so I
0: definitely am missing games right now. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah. I love it. What's your, what's your favorite book? All time book. Um,
1: uh, all time favorite. Book. I mean, I love Valley of the Dolls as like a super classic, but as far as a recent one, Daisy Jones and the Six is one of my favorite books. Okay. Uh, if you haven't read it, her name's Taylor Jenkins Reed, uh, the author. And she has another really great book called, um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo which was in our must have box and she, her writing is just awesome. I highly so, recommend it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so last question, what is a fun or weird talent that you have that no one else really knows about? So, I'm um, gonna, my husband? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go first. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I I can I'm good at blueberry throwing and catching. All right. Nice. So, so here's a little, here's, awesome. here's a little demo. All right. Here we go. <laughs> there we go there you
1: go <laughs> well did. done did you have to practice before or you just know you're gonna nail it every i've practiced time? for years with this that's awesome. Yeah. awesome i feel like that's like cherry like when people do the tie with the cherry in their mouth too yeah um I to say my husband likes that i can wrap MM, but i don't think i'm gonna do that for you and the, the, there's a band called the far side that like i used to just constantly so yeah i have some wrapping
0: all right um, I like it so so no yeah. preview are you sure no little preview <laughs> no I, I'll, I'll spare fine. you that that's fine uh, yeah <laughs> I love it well Lisa it's been so fun and I've just I've learned so much so really thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing all your insights and in founding pop sugar and so much more so thank you so much well, thank you good luck to you congratulations on graduating thank you